episode number three, and my next guest is Sebastian Teixeira. Uh, it was a really great conversation uh, today, and uh, Sebastian has a great um, sort of a great track record in terms of building startups. He focuses on design concepts, but he's also founded his own e-commerce platform called Maison Pixel. More information about that in the bio. Um, but it was a good conversation for, especially for creatives, trying to understand as a creative, where does creativity end and the business running start and how do those two interplay with each other? So it was learning for me. I'm not a creative uh, stepping into an uncomfortable area in terms of uh, understanding or trying to develop my understanding in a new topic completely and understanding what goes through the mind of someone who is incredibly creative and how they balance their business needs versus their creativity. You can learn a lot from him in terms of knowing where your boundaries are and where your strengths are and when to seek help to bring more help in uh, to, um, to find success in whatever your endeavors are. So if you're a creative or you're thinking about working with creatives, this is, a, this is the podcast to listen to. So yeah, we, it's so good to have you and I just Thank wanted you. to, uh, you know, sort of, uh, we've got a lot of concepts that we've just been talking about that are like really quite exciting. Um, uh, and you, just, you know, taking a couple steps back, like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, there's, there's two main reasons is number one, uh, you know, I was part of a large global startup, uh, they exited um, uh, sort of well, I left the company after their IPO, like really good experience for me. I bought into another startup that we started to build. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really operationally involved and feeling quite riderless uh, in life. Decided, okay, well, what should I do? And started working with a life coach about building out some new projects and how to make decisions about what I wanted to do. So podcast came up. And, and then, you know, the reason a podcast is because it was a really good way for me to give back some sort of blueprint around how I've sort of accidentally found success in my life and thinking mm -hmm. about ways that people could replicate some of these things in their own life to build success for themselves. And um, your story for me has been like really great. So we had brunch together. You showed me this great concept in terms of where you had like stop animation to build like an advert using <laughs> socks. It was like this crazy advert. I was like, wow, like really creative. Then you've got Maison Pixel, which is like a, a really cool like uh, fashion design, uh, sort of it's underwear, swimwear. Like it's like a really cool concept. I'm like, here's someone incredibly creative building business. And how does that journey look like when you're incredibly creative and trying to be uh, successful in business? Because I found sometimes those two don't mix well. Is that something that you found that creativity doesn't always go well with business or can they work well to, or creatives don't work well in business? Um, as we discussed prior on camera, yeah. I think that's it's, it's due to make a, a small disclaimer that obviously this, this, this is all based on my personal experience. So, um, I'm not trying to preach anything here, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I connect with the creative community and I know a lot of founders and startups. Again, it, this is just my perspective on things. And going back to your question, I think that it is, it is a difficult task to accomplish mm. um, being creative and succeeding, so to say, whatever that means in business. Yeah. Um, or if we want to do, we, we want to narrow it down. I think it's very hard to execute a business plan when you're very creative mm -hmm. because you're always constantly challenging yourself. Um, and so that detours from a plan, yeah. so to say. Um, but I, don't, I do want to make the distinction as well, what is being creative because I, I honestly feel baffled sometimes when I look at uh, managers or, or just CEOs of startups or even mm -hmm. other founders that stick to a plan and execu execution plan. And to me, that's creativity as well. The way that you navigate the challenges of startups, that's a creativity challenge in itself. Yes. My output typically goes into marketing and branding and design, product design and whatnot. And so with that in mind, that when you clash it against a business plan, that tends to be a little bit hard. And when you don't have, like I did, unfortunately, I didn't have a business partner, so to say, so I could not output some of my thoughts to them or outsource them to them. So we didn't have a conversation that all happened within my head. Yeah. And it was very hard at times. It was very hard. And what happened eventually it was that the business side of it won. Mm -hmm. 
okay. even against my will. And I thought that I was making the right choice because I okay, let's let's stick to the business side of it. Let's stick to an execution plan. Let's build this. Let's go with performance, growth, whatever <laughs> the narrative of the last 10 years has been in startups. And eventually, as I tried to follow up the plan, and I'm perhaps I'm not very good at it for start, but what happens is the creative side was left behind and eventually that took a toll on business as well. Okay. So the conclusion that I'm kind of wrapping up as experience builds up is that uh, perhaps I, I should have kept on the other side and tried to get someone and that's the point where I'm at now. Um, so yeah, I think it, it does. It's very hard to manage pull the, both things at the same time because at times they're very much opposed to each other, I would, I would say. And I think it's a very healthy thing to yeah. have in within a structure, someone like me pulling you back on a different direction and trying to make you think the other way around. And the same with me, having someone that rounds me and says, look, but we have to do this. Okay, you can navigate and create whatever you want, but let's do this and at least think about the next step. Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, sort of your, uh, I, I wanna ask more about that too, is in terms of, you know, finding the right partner, but you know, the, as a creative, I get a sense that a creative person, you still you still have to define the medium in terms of how you're going to present your creativity. And that, in a sense, becomes some sort of template. And so the right partner can do that for you, saying like, okay, I get where you're trying to go from your mm -hmm. sort of your visionary piece and like the artist in you wants to go this way, mm -hmm. but kind of you need to paint it on this or you need to create it on this for it to go Yes. To, to meet the real world needs of what you're trying to do so it doesn't become too uh, disconnected from you know the people that we're trying to reach or the people with that we're trying to engage with yes definitely yeah. yes um, I think that's it it's like a framework and sometimes it's 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 just as easy as a schedule yeah yeah uh, so this imagine if you will we want to do a new product launch mm -hmm. okay we have to plan it we agree on it and you know how products go everything that you plan eventually goes a little bit sour or yeah. delays, especially when you're trying to pull off something rather new or exciting, there's a lot to unpave. So just having like a project manager or someone that grounds you says, Let, let's keep with the schedule, let's keep with the budget, so to say, next level, Yeah, that helps you a lot. And, and, it, and when I say it helps, I really do think it fosters creativity because no one is... Uh, creativity by its own. If uh, I was left to my own devices, just you can do whatever you want. It's yeah. not a good place to start. It's a good place to start a, a framework or a conversation, yeah. but you have to ground it somewhere. Even if you go, at least on on these areas which are more specific, design and product, which have a uh, have budget, have a, an audience, have a price point, have a business plan. So yeah. it's not like fine art and even art as a you have to ground it somewhere to, yeah. to have a goal. And it helps a lot to have someone. Yeah, because you that. create a setting, right? Like I think if you create a setting for creativity, it will flourish, right? And yes. and you, like you said, you know, the business won out versus your creativity, mm -hmm. which is because that was the necessary thing. And now you have the business knowledge and now you want, to, it sounds like you want to move back more to creative and bring a partner in who can help you with the, the business components or the operational components. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you now have a very good understanding of both sides of the of the yes. fence, right? So it's going to help uh, bring empathy for what they're trying to achieve mm -hmm. and you'll have an understanding in terms of how to fit that better. Definitely. But even so, the experience is very, we're speaking about founding founders and startups and whatnot. And because I have been a design consultant for way more longer than I did business, so to say. Yeah. And I, I, I thought at least that I had a very nice um, ability to understand if I sit down with you and you're my client right now, mm -hmm. I can easily interpret it. What are your needs? Where should we pull back? Understand whatever concept is on your mind. Eventually go even further, try to unlock it and see what's troubling you that you're not uh -huh. assessing at first because you're relying, oh, I need this because we need to conquer this or have this goal. And I, I always try to go deeper. And I thought that I had that ability and I have when yeah. I work for others. But when you go into your own thing yeah. and solo, <laughs> everything gets mingled. So the approach that I came out with, so going back to what you're saying, now I can really understand yeah. even deeper so when I work for others, I really know, and especially for startups, I really know 
at least the blueprint of their pains yeah, yeah. and the, the way that they don't have answers where I can place them. And so that's a very nice interest, uh, exercise for me. That's a lot of growth that, that came out of it. So the, the experience is really very enriching. And I'm, if there's one thing that we can say that's a little bit preaching, but it's like an advice or something that I'm excited about that I try to extend to all of my creative friends and partners or whatever I have the ability to talk to, mm. if they have something that they like mm -hmm. other than they, whatever they do on a daily basis, like a small product, an idea, a small label, doing podcasts, something like that, yeah, yeah. they should try and go and do that extra mile because that will put them in a place that no brief can ever do. Yeah, so it yeah, was a crash course of, of that. You know, yes. and I tell you, look, it's it's a completely different example. But you know, I'm I like I'm I'm really into fitness. Uh, you know, it's it's been a big part of my persona from a very young age. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my mind, like owning a gym was the big thing for me. Like mm -hmm. I, for as long as I can remember, like having my own space and having my own gym, and you know, and helping others with their sort of their fitness and health goals was like always the thing. And and so the opportunity to start a CrossFit gym came up, and I started one. Mm -hmm. And I, by the end of year two, I was like decimated. It was I, <laughs> I had a I had a startup running. I was working in another startup as a CEO for that business, and I had the the gym sort of running, and it was like a very hands-on small business. So I was waking up at five o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. going and taking a class, then shooting over to the to the startup, running that as the CEO for the day, and then sort of wrapping up at the end of the day and going back to the CrossFit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and sort of taking a late night class. And so by the end of sort of two years, I was completely decimated, and I completely fell out of love with a thing that I absolutely was passionate about. Mm -hmm. And what doing the business taught me is what I loved about it. Yeah. I loved the physical exertion for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the business of components of it for That's other brilliant. people. That's brilliant. So it was like this really like interesting journey. And, and it kind of took me, it took me about two years later to develop my own motivation to put my own training back. Mm -hmm. And so that's, <laughs> that's it, really it was like this really long thing. And so I think that that's just, so it's like that discovery, that self-discovery is about saying, Immerse yourself in your ideas and your passions mm -hmm. and figure out where there are passions and where there are business opportunities. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think that th those are important distinctions to make because you can damage it for yourself, I think. And did you fail at any time during that process? Because I think that the brain tricks you in a way. Uh, did you feel like, I can do this. I could run the gym if I wanted to. I yeah. love this and, yeah. but I, and I could run this, but I have other stuff I do. Yeah. Perhaps I'm not suited for this, and this is very confusing because to me that was the process. A at some point, I was trying to do my best, and obviously, again, no bragging, no preaching. There's obviously a lot of people trained and much more versed than I am than uh, at running a business. Yeah, yeah. But I was succeeding at doing it. Yes. But I was. It's it's very bizarre because in a way I was trying to undermine it. Because my heart felt on others on the other side, but yeah. but again, I would validate myself. I can do this if I try. I can yeah. do this if yeah. I try. Yeah. And I was getting perhaps even more tired than the task at hand already was very demanding. Managing the mental battle around the it. mental, yeah. the the tasks, the yeah. the yeah. wills of it. Yeah. And so I found like a a safe space, so to say, going back at doing design consulting for yeah. others. Yeah. And it 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 kind of wrapped up the whole thing for me. Like okay. If I want to do this, and I'm I'm still doing it, obviously, but I, I I shifted the 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 weights of it. Yeah, I'll have to at least focus. I would say ninety percent of my time on the creative. Yeah, and the other ten-ish, so to say, doing business-related. And, and that comes through that great partnership of working with someone who's taking ninety percent of that and you plugging in the ten yes. percent yes. to. But yeah, so to answer your question, for me. Um, what actually started to become at odds was the life that I wanted to live and, mm -hmm. and did this necessarily fit. And for me, that fit wasn't, uh, wasn't very clear. You know, I, I, I had ambitions of building something much bigger mm -hmm. and, um, and I wanted to be rewarded by that rather than running a small business 
and okay. the time and effort to implement. And also, I thought that by owning a by owning that business, I would get more time mm-hmm. to do that. <laughs> yes. And I actually ended up getting less time Obviously. because and so enjoying it exactly. Less. So now, like my life didn't completely match. Like my exercise routines had diminished, my nutrition sort yeah. of structure had diminished, and I was spending a lot of time creating that for others and. You kind of look in it like, like you know, like the kid looking in the window at the, at the, at the candy. So like, actually, I want to be on that yeah, side eating yeah. the candy and not doing it. So, so that kind of was was another thing. And yeah, and then uh, you know, pursuing getting back into startups really sort of ignited the things that actually really reward me and the life that I want to live. So that's kind cool. of the, the journey that that I took. Um, and so. Uh, I, I also get like a sense like you have a lot of humility in terms of you how you approach your experience like saying like I don't want to preach around things uh, but you know like you've kind of walked a path already uh, and others wanting to walk that path like so what is some sort of early stage advice you'd give to yourself from sort of 30 years ago uh, uh, I, I don't even know how long that would be for you but uh, what, what would be that earlier you advice you'd love to give yourself um this will sound very romantic and very cliche on, on its own, but I, I don't think I can pull back anything. I, I, I think that this is the sum, even though uh, it hurts me in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't. Ha- I still don't know the formula that I would go back and say, don't do this, focus on this. Obviously, there's tiny little things that you learn by experience. Yes. But there are the ones that you have to put the time to learn them there's no way of shortcutting that yes because um since since forever i've been hopping from place to another i studied engineer i was a dropout an engineer then i went to design dropped out from design then i went to the to jazz school and i dropped out from jazz school and it's the sum of all of those experiences that um that really make up for what it's here at this point experiences tend to get um, more intense as yeah. you go in life. It's different to be a college kid doing something that at a startup environment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I would reverse this and try to project it for the next 30 years, I would assume the key is the same thing. Yeah. Keep, keep on being excited with everything and keep on hopping on everything. Yeah. Uh, it is clear that from time to time you'll get by the circumstances of the situations like for instance in last 10 years I was apparently a business guy yeah yeah and I I'm, I was not clearly clearly suited for that that doesn't mean that I sh- I will never have my own business yeah. that's the way that I think I think that the idea was reinforced by that experience yeah but I had to so to say trial and error so it's a, it's always different difficult to to do do this yeah. because it goes back to who you are. Well, you, you're the sum of your parts, right? Yeah, like, and, and the if, sum of your experiences, right? Like, and I think that that's one thing that I took out. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like about the startup environment, but if there's one thing that I do like, it's and this is a, a talk apparently about creativity, and I always associate creativity with uh, curiosity. Yeah, and there's one key thing that I understood that all everyone that dips their feet on on startups on trying to do their own business they're curious they want to jump into into something and it was very rare that that i was having conversation with someone that had a company or something and they were interested about what i was doing almost to the point that we say oh i want to be a part of it and i want to be a part of yours like kids trying to trade yeah yeah so um that's the only key advice that i would say to a person that has that profile yeah. keep being curious because you have but eventually it, it will not work pro- I, would, I, I would say yeah yeah at times it, it will not work properly I yeah and say. i think that curiosity with you know sort of a degree of execution is the is is really important it's like you know my journey is also like very similar so i i I'm not similar to yours in but in terms of um, you know, I left school. I didn't mm-hmm. actually, I didn't qualify for a university entrance. So mm-hmm. I had to immediately figure out like what I'm going to do. Uh, and I managed to get a, a job and literally the first, the first offer was work for free just so I could learn to build computers in the back room. And then they sort of paid me like a pittance of a salary. <laughs> uh, and you know, from there, like developed into sales. And I think the thing is that I always just took a step forward, used the curiosity. Well, I'm curious about this. How will this work? and put myself forward like you can 
often make yourself look a bit of fool because you're going to ask questions that reveal that you don't know mm -hmm. uh, about yeah, yeah. what you're talking about. And you sort of you put yourself out there in a way with your curiosity, and then you just do mm -hmm. attempt. Like the learning that will come from even any failed attempt is so important in terms of it your hurts. overall development. <laughs> it does. It hurts. And that's the thing. Like you know, you will do business again. Yes. That's going to be, the thing, but you're going to do it differently. You're going to take yes. some new learnings into this. Like uh, last time was a bit too much of this or a little too, uh, a little, uh, yeah. not enough of that. And then you build a new version of yourself. And so your evolution as a person uh, does come from curiosity, execution, just trying. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, like a crazy example, I'm, you know, with, with, with sales teams that I'm working like, hey, you should start a side business. It's yeah. like crazy thing to tell someone, right? Like no, who's no. working for you, but like, you should Definitely. start a, a, a side business and then start a Facebook page and try and market your own mm -hmm. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because then you'll get insight in terms of what you are asking your customers to yes, do. Definitely. Right. Like yeah. and, and that's like a big development thing. And it's and it's doesn't cost anything. It's yeah. like it's really cheap to try things nowadays. Yeah. 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 And and you've touched point in something that I think it's very important that you said that when you're guided by that curiosity, you sometimes you look like a fool. Yeah. And yeah, most of the times I look like a fool. There's something very interesting when I have a, a corporate client, so to say, and I have a sit down with them. Um, I get the, I listen to whatever they have in mind that the marketing department or the CEO or something that has to say about what their needs are. And I listen to it very carefully. And then I head over to very basic questions, like, almost like childlike questions. Yeah, yeah. From time to time, it's almost embarrassing that I'm doing those kinds of questions. But it's it's very important because it it's it's unbalances everyone that's in the conversation. So this is a vibe. Why do you pick this color? But and that flows a conversation and eventually it will lead to something. And I tap into that inner curiosity of the person that's in front of me yes. that by means of life is doing execution, execution, execution. And it taps back to something that they they lost a bit and that sparks something. Yeah. And most of the time when I when I'm successful and here I'm going to brag a little bit. Yeah. Usually I am because I'm I, I did it a lot of times when I leave that couple first meetings or intense one to one um, work sessions, the work is almost done creatively yeah. and it was done a little bit by both of us. So yeah. when I deliver it packaged, it's really beautiful. People say, oh, this this has a lot of logic instead yeah. of me going back replying with a PowerPoint presentation, exactly. blah, 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 handling and all, oh, this is the trend and this is the whatnot. So yeah, I, I, even when I'm not by myself, I try to push that uh, yeah. dumbness, so to say, or childlike behavior. Yeah. Like, let's just, what is this? Why is this? Why exactly. is this? Oh, because I'm saying that I need to reach the target of why? Oh, what's the interest? Why? And that lowers the tone yeah. a little bit. and heads over to different spaces. And it brings about two things. So, so that, that, that dumb question, uh, so to speak, the dumb question that you present or the, or the most basic question does a few things. Number one, it opens vulnerability to say, I, I don't mm -hmm. actually know everything about your business. Nothing. And why don't you tell me? Like there's a lot of jargon gets thrown around. Yes. And then we sort of, we buy into the jargon. Silicon Valley says, buy the jargon, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's so the much jargon. Startup it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's jargon wall, right? Like, yeah. And so you can sit on the back there like, well, I don't actually understand what that means. And yeah. so now I'm going to be vulnerable. But the immediate thing that happens in the other person is like they go into teaching mode. Okay, well, I can teach you about that. Yeah. And, and now because you're vulnerable, I'll become more yeah. vulnerable. And then it leads to trust. And once the trust develops, great outcomes, great outcomes happen. Or outcomes in business. I yeah. would assume if, uh, yeah. if we were to work together and I'm the creative part of the business and you were the business side of it and the execution, if we were being completely open to each other yes yeah. different solutions would be accommodated i know and i would quickly understand what are your needs and and, and and so forth so yeah and there's another thing that actually is very interesting that we're touching point on the jargon and the whole thing when i tried to emulate now i was not emulating but i was trying to get very focused on the business side of my business even though i don't it's not that i don't believe it but i knew that it was jargon i was just holding on to the, to the to that to yeah. the to performance to the growth to whatever people were saying about it you have to grow you have to do like raise capital do it again do that and i was following that plot i don't know why because i, I know why because i didn't know what i was doing and that was life uh, yeah. an anchor so to say yeah. okay let me just try and follow up what these people are saying that yeah. i should do yeah um and 
not that that is wrong, but um, it didn't work out for me because I had other plans, and that's yeah. and that's very interesting. Another key thing that happens from time to time, and I don't think that the markets or business are not used to it, is perhaps some things at some point don't have the the, the capacity to go forward. Yeah. For instance, uh, a couple of times this happened to me. I get called for a brief and a sit down with a client that has some needs, and we do this working sessions yes. and by the end of it i said look i don't think you should go ahead uh -huh. of what you were trying to do at first yeah and they're saying you don't want to do the, the gig no i would love to do the gig but not this i don't the, think that this yeah, gig makes yeah, sense yeah i could do it you can pay me and I can, I can produce the output but i don't i don't think it makes sense because of our conversation and then i go back to those conversations and say because we discussed this and that and they perhaps say oh okay yeah and what happens next is very interesting. So what could happen? Oh, let's try and figure out what we could do. Uh, right. This plan doesn't work, but typically people don't say no so to, to, to those kinds of gigs. I, I, you're my client, I, I will not say no to you. Let me go back, try and build up a presentation, some nice graphics, yeah. motion graphics. Yeah, yeah. You're very impressed, I prepackage it, I have my portfolio done, okay. yeah, exactly. write me a check, and now we're gone. And the, so the saying no is really it's a, it's a critical bit i think you know going back to the vc thing is like i think that that's a so big challenge because you get fixated on growth metrics in your business or wanting to achieve certain things and you lose sight of the vision of what you want to build and so then you take it out to markets you say i want to raise some money now because i absolutely need to raise money to make this thing a big thing mm -hmm. and then you start speaking to vcs and then they all have an input about how your business should be mm -hmm. and by the time you raise money and you're working for this new board it's very far away from the vision of what you you had or wanted to start okay uh, to start building and so so being true to what you build, you you really want to build will make sure that you align the right people around you and so so someone will dangle two million dollars in front of you it's not the right two million dollars mm -hmm. it's it's not going to work well for you because the expectation is something different in terms of what you okay. think you should be building and what you, what's your key uh, outcome to this how do you manage that balance because that was a what i found it was very difficult to because we started up really fast as everything apparently successful uh, does yeah and then people say hey, you have to scale up you have to scale up and even you feel like it oh, well you should yeah. scale up yeah but yeah, you lose track of it. So what's the key here? You have to deter it. You have don't pay attention to those. I think so. The first thing that I think is that you have to step back mm -hmm. from what you're trying to do. So often you get caught up in the process. So you you build a business and you start thinking, okay, I've got a little bit of runway, but if I pump some money into this, I could accelerate things like really aggressively mm -hmm. for myself. And you sort of take your product, you take your business to market and you get your first sort of set of feedback. And then the first thing that you naturally do is you change your pitch offering to the feedback. And so now you've completely bypassed what you were originally doing instead of thinking about your story. Okay. And so we learned, we learned this the hard way and we are not finished with the process just to be completely honest, but we learned this the hard way is that actually we hadn't found our business's story yet and mm -hmm. we needed to spend more time identifying what is our actual story mm -hmm. what is our real offering we were caught up in the legacy of the business that we bought so we have we have a name that exists is a cool so this and we have an understanding by the, from the market in terms of what we should be mm -hmm. and so we were trying to leverage that to raise money but mm -hmm. then it created a mismatch when we we're talking about it because we weren't actually that business anymore mm -hmm. and so then we got a bunch of feedback that this is what we should change so then we altered that some more and then we like by the time we were like presenting the like the last sort of like 20 or 30 presentations it was like completely different <laughs> So they were like, happened to me exactly. Well. exactly. And so then we're like, oh, hold on. What are we doing? And why is this valuable today? And we figured out our business is actually a data business. Mm -hmm. And so now that we had a data business, we started to understand what data could mean and what the vision of data would be. And okay. our story became very clear. Okay. And then when we started telling that story, we got way less feedback. Okay. People started because people could buy the story. So they mm -hmm. couldn't give us feedback on a great story. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. We it's want to be part up. of that. It's wrapped up. It makes complete sense what mm -hmm. you're trying to say. And so it removed ambiguity for us and it became so spending. So my key takeaway is like spend more time just clarifying who you are as an entity, as a person, as a as a vision, 
and build your story around that and then take that out. The more time you spend there, the less drama you'll have in terms of iteration later. The thing that I learned, and this is interesting because everything connects obviously, and th this being a conversation about creativity, is that I quickly understood that my story was about creativity. Yeah. Designing great products or trying to have fun, exploring stuff within a certain uh, established path of design and trying to understand what we can produce. Yeah. There was some key valuable things that we were poking around that were very interesting from a design point of view and a business point of view. Namely, 10 years ago, trying to tap something that for us was pretty obvious and now 10 years went by and it is pretty obvious that gaming culture, uh, computers, mm -hmm. what everything, that would permeate fashion. Yeah. And that spending 10 years ago was, I would assume, 70% of our day online and now it's 99.99 would yeah. eventually um, trickle you into thinking what is real and what's not and yeah. what's the deal with that with fashion. Yeah. So we're going to be presented digitally for people to see us. Is this real? Is this a projection? Yeah. So that was very interesting for us. And that story was super well-defined. But I think at least, and I think that was a key mistake, so to say, was that I was in a way embarrassed of just saying that. Like, yeah. you're going to invest on creativity, on design, intellectual property, We're going, and eventually a business will come out of it. Yeah. So I was piggybacking on some relative success that we were already enjoying and say, look, but this, this is very important, the whole creative thing, but look at this business plan. We're going to grow, we're going to do this and that. The whole thing with the yeah. startup business. And perhaps that was a, a, a mistake that I now come to realize I should have owned. Yeah. But I to this day I feel like it's I don't I don't know, but and you and you can provide some feedback on this as you're way more experienced. Um I still don't understand if someone could could invest just in creativity. Okay, but I, I, I'm really aware on, on what I'm investing at. Mm -hmm. This is going to produce an output that is creative the ch chances are that this execution is going to be slimmer because this is a, an explored territory. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I don't know if people invest just in creativity. Even though when we see stuff like Bitcoin and whatnot, those are really creative businesses. The, yeah. the, the chances are really high. Yeah. Um, and so people in some way invest in risk. That's yeah. risk. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's what... Yeah, so I, th I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, I think it's, it depends on the investor because so much everyone's trying to find a success model or algorithm right and even in investing mm -hmm. if we invest in 30 they'll you know they'll 30x and you know 90 percent will fail but we'll still have this great outcome and so everyone tries to create some sort of model around the investment or model around the portfolios they mm -hmm. invest in like that's that's you know like what we see and and then you sort of depending on which mark you are and sort of the maturity of their sort of their 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 vc or investment landscape uh, might not be big innovators. They might be big adopters of what like mm -hmm. the latest trend is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in terms of, and I, I, I've never tried it for creativity, but my, my natural assumption is that uh, the right partner will, okay. the, the right visionaries will say, I have a good understanding of what creativity will develop. And, okay. the, and I'm not interested in immediate monetization or the five year out. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what the future change of this will be. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think, you know, like, um, you know, your, your latest sort of uh, ad campaign uh, <laughs> with uh, streaming panties yes. um, is, is almost like a way of showing potential that sort of non-creative or non-visionaries can sort of get tangibly get. Mm -hmm. Now, like, okay, so I can stream something <laughs> off of my partner's butt. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> uh, super cool. Uh, it, it's like a really interactive way in terms of where fashion meets mm -hmm. online. Um, it can be too disconnected from someone who's like just analysis, just numbers, etc. Yes. So, so it, then it comes down to like sort of the partners and the network that you have. Some okay. someone who who can sort of get it, or maybe has walked a similar path in terms of innovation. Um, so I think that people will, and that's again, if you went out with the the specific story or the, or the honest story, mm -hmm. the right partner aligns, and then you yes. stop tap dancing in the room to make other things mm -hmm. materialize that you probably then are gonna be held hostage to for the rest of time of that money to provide it rather mm -hmm. than the thing that you really wanted to build. 
Yes, obviously. And and to pay uh, justice to, because we eventually raised seed capital and everyone that came on board, which I consider as friends or, or, or people that I am close by with, they bought the first version of the story. They, yeah. they got it at first. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting what you're saying because uh, now we go into something that is where are you at what specific point? And yeah. if we go back 10 years from where we are right now, and I was in Portugal, um, right after we spoke with these friends of ours, which is always the way that we go when we're starting a business who wants to jump in and they get excited about it. It's almost playful. But when I wanted to take it up to the next level and try to speak with VCs or companies or funds that were investing. Yeah, the the, the, the landscape here in Portugal was very much analytically driven. Yes. And it, given that it's a very small market, they wanted tech, tech, tech. They want, even though that we resemble tech in a way, and yeah. again, going back to the streaming on this, because it's always our thought process. We're kind of, it's a big reflection on how the digital life is merging with yes. ours, even in an aesthetic way. So it was very hard because whenever I sit down with someone, they wanted multiple lexes when I'm going to do this and that. And so immediately I changed my discourse into going to that way. Yeah, and perhaps yeah. if I were to be exposed into a different kind of environment, perhaps I would meet that people as well. Yeah. But eventually I would funnel it to the right person that yeah, yeah. only deals with this kind of uh business so to say and 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 just to set the record straight every time i mention creativity or sticking to a plan it doesn't mean that creativity doesn't follow a plan that it's yeah. not it's not a bin of loonies that are <laughs> <laughs> doing drawings on the wall yeah yeah I, when i'm saying that it's different than seeing following a strict business plan yeah. obviously every time that we have something in mind it follows yeah a to z uh path and we we're pretty much versed into yeah. delivering a, a specific output yeah um so i don't want people no, to I get mean, the extreme idea that oh this guy's a crazy no, guy no, and no, I, i'm going I, to I, yeah, yeah, yeah dump a shitload of money on top of him and he's yeah. going to blow it up with nothing to come out of it yeah. no it's not that's not it's not that it's freer in this form mm -hmm. but it obviously follows a plan it does i think i think that's all process creative mm -hmm. or otherwise needs to follow some sort of structured uh, structured plan or some consistent execution in relation to it right like you might be building like whatever it is but you there's you're going to show up daily mm -hmm. you're going to apply yourself to that yes. and you're going to build something and then you're also going to have a, a clear indication of when it's done yes right and th and those things and so and business is like that business has a huge amount of creativity in it i think that also not yeah. to sort of compartmentalize business people and it's mm -hmm. like this like you said like following Obviously. a plan is another type of creativity but in every single startup every day there's a huge amount of creativity you read meet this roadblock okay how do i solve around this i had this negotiation yes. with this person last week and now they don't want to do it that way and so you you, you creatively problem solve so creativity yes. like sort of it, it sort of uh, penetrates all aspects of of business and so it's not just about the design and you know sort of the the pretty stuff that we want to build it's it's in everything in terms of how you approach your day to day yeah. and so yeah. um you know i think that that's uh, that's also very important to sort of understand uh, yeah. when you're trying to do these things is that, yeah, it's not, like you said, a bunch of loonies in a room <laughs> and we threw a couple cans of paint no. and then we'll sort of see what comes yeah, out no, at no. the end of the day. There's a lot of structure to it. There's a lot of, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's, it's a rather boring process at times because yeah. it has some schematics as well. What I think that we both are discussing, it's the frequency is different. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Perhaps the frequency or the, the, that, uh, uh CEO taps creativity. It's a different kind of yeah. frequency that a creative director does. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. The, it's kind of, and, and again, the execution on this one is a little bit different on this one, but they mingle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, and so, I mean, you spoke about sort of a changing journey. Like, can you just touch on sort of like what your 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 sort of your roadmap has looked like in terms of that's created the essence of you and your learning? Like, how do you come to be where you are today with streaming panties? Like, what was the <laughs> what was the roadmap to here? From way back or just product related? Yeah, I know. From um, way back, like how, how, how did you get to, to today? So while I was studying engineering, what which apparently had very analytical thought process, which was very much on calculus and very uh, scientific thought, I was 
because I was always enamored with computers and math. Uh, okay. um, and so I, I was always on my computer exploring software and doing a lot okay. of interesting stuff that I was trying to pull off and always trying to to merge universes that I like. I always okay. enjoyed drawing. How can I draw on my computer? Okay, awesome. I always enjoyed making music. How can I make music on computer and whatnot? So, yeah. So at that point, I was exploring a lot of graphic stuff because I was mm -hmm. trying to learn programming and whatnot. And so the, it, it ended up doing posters for parties that I my friends would host. Okay. And that in turn ended up being a little bit more serious, just doing freebies. Someone once took a chance and said, oh, well, I'm willing to pay for your work. Oh, oh that's interesting. My first paycheck ever was a, as a graphic designer. And I said, oh, that's, this is nice but I kept on doing whatever I was doing and that snowballed a little bit and okay. I ended up having a very small studio here in Lisbon. Uh, I worked with Nike, some international companies, freelancing work and that, that grew to a point to, to the 2008 crash. crash yeah. And so I thought perhaps it's time for me to get a job because um, not only that things might shake up a little bit, I always felt that I did everything by myself and perhaps I'm doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's see how a big structure does things and how I adapt to that structure. So I, uh, I tapped the, the best, so to say, or at least the most known branding company here in Lisbon. Mm -hmm. And I went over there with my portfolio and said, I would love to work with you guys and say, okay, let's try it out. And I ended up being there a couple of years. I got a lot of experience and I got the headspace so to come up with the maximum pixel idea, okay. the, the pixelated underwear. And so the craze at that point was crowdfunding. This was 2011-ish, mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like that. So crowdfunding was the, the, thing. the thing. Everyone yeah. is trying crowdfunding. I said, this is so exciting because I have a little bit of a punk spirit and I felt that with music as, as, as well. You don't have to depend on someone to just do yeah. your own thing. Yeah. What could I do to try this new stuff of a crowdfunding? And so I, I had that idea of the pixelated underwear. I said, well, perhaps this is nice because yeah. I can find a couple of loonies that are willing to buy pixelated underwear. We should shoot a, a nice video and, and do something like that. And so that blew completely because we took advantage of something that was bubbling, which was influencing and whatnot. Social yes. media was that, that start, yes. at least the graphical one of Instagram. And so we piggybacked on that. So it is by its essence a very graphical, very odd object to, to, to look at. Yeah. And so that blew up. And what started as a limited crowdfunded project that I thought that I was only going to post on my portfolio, like I did this and this is interesting, turned into a company. Uh -huh. And from that on, we experimented with a lot of, we went away from the underwear, we did swimwear, we did a whole collection, we toured Europe, Asia, the US with it. So it was really interesting. And so it, and then by 2020, so to say, I kind of was, very burned out um, and so the company as a, all startups was taking hits from every side the first one being that when Facebook had that Cambridge Analytica scandal uh. our whole business was reliant on them on then Facebook slash Instagram and so we did uh, had a major cut on that and uh. so we they had to adapt really fast and I did the, the wrong decision at that point which was to double down on it instead of Again, yeah. taking a step back, having a nice breath and saying, okay, this was apparently a, an online business, direct to consumer. What could we do differently? So I doubled down on that monetary and from my personal toll. And then the pandemic ha hit yes. and our business took again another toll. And But it was a chance for me to get a little bit back, mm -hmm. take that very needed breath and going back into doing design consulting for okay. experiencing because i was so drained i was thinking i i could i will never do i will never have an interesting idea again in my life mm. i will never do anything business related because i failed it completely and so that was a lifesaver to me and i didn't go back to my roots it wasn't a poster again not something as simple but sitting down with other businesses yeah. which were having troubles 
and it was so refreshing to hear other people's problems. The same thing, right? And it was not a selfish project uh, pro process, but it was very fulfilling to say, oh, this guy is always... And it was so easy to understand being on the outside your problems and, yeah. and solving them and getting excited. And so that rebalanced the way that I'm looking at the company again. Oh, wow. Okay. And it changed the, the strategy. And so the strategy now is take it slowly. We have a very interesting intellectual property that we're sitting on. We developed a very interesting product line. We have a space. Yeah. We have an audience. It's very interesting that the big brands are now jumping. And when I say big brands, Louis Vuitton and whatnot, oh, wow. are doing this pixelated stuff as well, uh, trying to come up with products that merge what is real and it's not. So finally, the vision that I had on my PowerPoint presentation exactly. that was saying that yeah. came to life. And so it validated the whole thing. Yes but I'm not falling into the performance that I should grow or not. Yeah, so yeah. I will grow whatever I can grow. Yes. If this goes bust, eventually it goes bust. If this grows very slowly, it will, but I have to stay focused on product and, yeah. and creativity. And in the meantime, and I'm you like, I think that's a big thing. You like, sorry to interrupt. It's no me, you know, the, the, the big thing that I sort of getting a sense is that uh, you were physically and emotionally being taxed in a way. Oh, and definitely and so definitely. you know the, the 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 standard sort of mantra in startups is you must push through you must have grit yeah. you must persevere yeah, yeah you have to come about on yeah, the other side. Uh, there's a guy that's reads 50 books a year and he turned a profit and five exit strategies yeah and and you lose the meaning of what that business gives to you Right, yeah. and it, you get caught up in what it means to others, and then you become sort of a slave that's, to that expectation. That's the key thing. And I think stepping back, saying, "Well, COVID in its worst way was good for for many people to sort of step back and say, I'm going to reevaluate meaning yes. and life and what this actually means in my business.' And so you were able to reframe yes. it in a way that's more meaningful for yourself. But to this day, I still feel bad even for the the seed capital people that placed an offer on myself and on the business, I still feel bad for that. Yeah. And I still take that toll upon myself, not on the business. And yeah. that's really um, difficult to to separate things and say, okay, one thing was the business, one thing was me, and I did the best I can do. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we're all grown-ups. We know the risks that were associated. But even then, I yeah. have nightmares about it. It's a really troubling process yeah. because you take yourself seriously. And if you're someone with character obviously and and you love what you're doing you yeah. feel bad and you always say the fault was and the blame was on me yeah, and i yeah. say that the blame was totally on me yeah, yeah, because yeah. i was the one steering the wheel so yeah. again there were a lot of i'm not these were the circumstances but it were they were not excuses yeah, yeah. but to process that in um, in a system where everyone says that everyone's going to be a winner that everyone is going to pull back yeah. It's very, very, very yeah. bad for you, I would say. It's, yeah, it's it's a little bit like fitness. Yeah. People like the, the, the body image that you project, everyone should be this. And people look at, oh, but I have to put in the efforts. Can I make it? Yeah. Perhaps you, you don't have to be that fitness model, so it, to say. Exactly. You have to start small, eventually say, eventually you will fail, eventually you'll have a setback. I don't know. Yeah. So society in that uh, aspect. And that's the key thing that I didn't like about the startup. Yeah. I think it's a very... It's phony in a way and a little bit male dominated by that bravado, so to say. I yeah. did it, so I did that, da, 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 da. And that could... Like the, the vanity of it, right? Like, yes. uh, yeah. like, you know, often I hear like raise, I've raised X amount of money, look how amazing I am. And I'm like, Oof. is it yeah. the right thing? Yeah. Is it still a big deal? Like, and uh, what I really appreciate actually is like a high level of accountability and authenticity yeah. in, uh, in no matter, like you realize that when you took money, you took money, yeah. right? And you carry that burden, you know, and I think that just the fact that you're authentic about it, people understand. Like, yeah. there's just a like, yes, we know that everyone took a gamble and these things don't always work out. But but the minute that you're authentic, like, I'm really sorry. It, yeah, 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 obviously. I, I take responsibility obviously. and it, it creates an element of, okay, cool, we get it. And mm -hmm. you're, we're really sorry about that. Yeah. But, you know, like, you, you see this other stuff where people take, you know, billions of dollars and yeah, yeah, on, on and the paperware and they don't yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. I, I think that I don't, I don't think that you know it's, it's good to be built that way and and that will circle back in a negative way at some point yeah but the culture is that I, one of the first people that i sat down with was a very interesting 
to me as an experience and we didn't end up doing business together or didn't end up investing but the first question he asked is how many businesses did you tank already and uh-huh. i said none i was really happy about it. And I said, no no none and this is really going very well and he said that's a bummer because i i always tend to invest on people that already went through hell because yeah. if they're trying uh, and willing to do it the second time or yeah. a third time yeah and, and and not with that fancy romantic story Oh, I did this and I, and I pivoted to that. No, they really tanked the business and they started yeah. it all, all over again. So that means something. And yeah. I, I believe that as well. Yeah. And even when I'm sitting down as a design consultant and again, and there I have a little bit more of headroom, I try to go into that feeling with the person that is in front of me. Yeah. Obviously not asking, is this business going bust? But what are the real dangers? What keeps you up at night? What yeah. what worries you? Because yeah. that yeah. informs all the rest. Yeah, yeah. And even when and you see a lot of that in design, because design it's the or marketing is the last key aspect of a business. If you want to showcase a lot, perhaps you're you're feeling frightened, or either by a competitor, or you're feeling that you're pivoting into something that you don't understand. Yeah. So I really try to tap into that with em- empathy. Yeah. What is the key thing here? What can go bad? Exactly. And I think you also want to see you also want to see a development in terms of learning from someone who's failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the constant fa- the constant same failure is a problem. Oh yeah, obviously. right. And then someone says, "I felt like I failed, but I really understand that my bottleneck was here or my limitation was here." Is is really good because they're like, "Okay, so you know how to navigate that now, mm-hmm. right?" It's it's a, might have been an expensive learning, but the learning was there. But someone is constantly failing at the same point, but doesn't realize where it is. Yeah, uh, and you might consulting with someone be able to pick that apart you yeah. seem to have the same failure point all the time so why is this time going to yeah, be yeah. successful you know yeah. which is yeah. uh, an important thing to and, visit and yeah we we know businesses yeah and we know that that figure so to say 90 percent of them go bust yeah it's it's pretty odd that the whole thing just celebrates the one percent of the ten percent that succeeded yes like the super extreme healthy yeah and i i, I would say that everyone should benefit if the other stories came around yeah and not by a defeat point of view like shaming or or saying oh you shouldn't do this no listen what these people done wrong because there's nothing wrong with them yeah how how could we learn from this and it would be a very more honest conversation so to say so again uh, you were saying that i'm humble at times it's not it, this is not falsely being humble it's like yeah, yeah. being very much in tune of what my experience was and really opening myself to learning from other people and exposing uh, i could be posing here as oh yeah. but i did this correctly and i did that and you no, should have I, 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 I never have... got the feeling that <laughs> it was posed but yeah. I, 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 but I get a real sense of appreciation for the for the journey and for the phase yeah, and the, those yeah. you've impacted you know yeah. And again, it it can result on a no. Yeah, yeah. When I'm, if you're my client, I could say no. You, I don't think this is the right way to go. Why? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I don't. Because you eventually will fail here. Yeah. Why? Because I have the experience, and from what you told me about. Uh, yeah, yeah. And sometimes some mistakes can be uh, corrected if we have that conversation. And so I feel that that that's very intensive, and I feel like a lot of people burn out or something like that because they have this very competitive and this imaginary uh, for some people that drive works and i'm not judging for some people that's the juice yeah i don't i don't i want to step on it and i want to do that even if it looks impossible and i want to defeat everyone that comes my way okay no judging there but i get the sense that at least by the statistics of it that most people yeah have some bad nights at best yeah they question themselves they it takes a toll on their yeah. physical and mental um, health as you said with your case story which yeah. is very interesting yeah. you have the gym and you're feeling but I'm not getting the, yeah, I'm not the getting reward the that, that I'm, yeah. what I'm building here I think so why yeah and I think I think that the one I mean there is a so uh, the, there's those who are incredibly analytical very process driven super startup like they like to be in that space that's a good space for them to be and that's where they define themselves and yeah. so they'll continue and so they, they, but I also find that they don't deviate from their vision, right? So like mm-hmm. great founders that I've worked with that are really difficult to work with, um, don't don't allow a degree of deviation. They okay. become very difficult to work with because they yeah, like, like, like okay. this is the vision. This is how we will execute. This has to happen, and and you can respect that on another level of saying like, 
they're going to get to where they want to go, right? Okay. And they might burn through a lot of people and they don't have the emotional capacity to, to, to worry about that. But it's another way that they become incredibly successful or, or mm -hmm. incredibly big. You just, you get different types of business owners in, in sort of every, every sense of the word. And, and I'm more on your side is that like, if, uh, you know, I borrowed money to sort of roll, roll finances from a, from a friend who had a, a proper investment firm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just like the thought that I was going to be late on the payment, just like, and because it was a friend, it was like, it was literally killing me. I was like the stress related to that. That's a, that's an issue. That's an advice I would yeah. <laughs> try to yeah. keep your, your friends and your yes. business are completely separate because yes. it, it doesn't, it, 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 in a lot of times it doesn't go to plan. You have to maneuver things slightly different or you have to roll on that debt a little bit longer and you have to go back with a bit yes. of a sob story. And uh, when it's a friend, it's a really tough thing to do. Yes. And I have found that some of the people that I associated with were not friends and became friends through the business. And yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. So if I, if I have a dream partner at this point or to project it in the future, it was someone that I could share some energy with yes eventually a vision and that we could start a business slash a friendship business related with yeah that yeah. would be the that would be the perfect scenario at this point involving yeah. with that kind of person with the knowledge that that friendship could go sour because of the business yeah but yeah. then again it would be grounded on it so yeah yeah let's say if it were to be a true friendship it would outlast the business Absolutely. if it were if it not okay because that we were together just doing business and trying to at yeah. least pull this vision and you'll have a, a much higher level of empathy with each other because you're walking the same path right like so yes. a, a good friendship that you build through uh so through partnership or business um will have like similar views on things you'll have similar sort of journey that you've walked and similar pains mm -hmm. so yeah your friendship should last that i think you will definitely have some great fights along the way mm -hmm. uh but those will breed higher thinking uh, yes, in terms of okay. what you're trying to yes, trying to execute yes. yeah. but what do you th do you think that that this landscape of startups this whole and i think that's uh, influenced by the whole silicon valley story of the one or through uh, two two business cases that are what we call extreme successes whatever that means via its growth uh, or its implementation do you think that this is changing or this is um or, or this is one tone of it but there's a lot of underlying because for me i and i don't know if this is a portugal slash european thing it kind of feel that it reverberates into everything every yeah. startup conversation that i have either it's tech or this is the goal to get or this is the way that the jargons are used or yeah. the growth of the do you think that is from your experience that you are way more exposed than i am is this changing do are we at a different point in time uh, I'm, so I'm not understanding the question very well in terms of, uh, uh, so, so what do you mean in terms of what specifically is changing? If this whole Silicon Valley performance thing that the success is measured by a startup that merges into something monumental and then that, that goes into an IPO, if that's the only way that people who invest and think about startups are the, is the, the only roadmap, or if if there's alternatives, mm -hmm. slow slow going businesses, yeah. businesses that are more into tune with I don't know yeah. the, the environment, other people, feelings I don't know yeah uh, is this the dominant is this the I, discourse so I, to say on yeah I I guess so I get your question I think I think it depends where the money is coming from okay uh, not only in terms of country in terms of uh, sort of the portfolio of the objectives of that business right like so okay. i think that the bigger the fund gets the less flexibility it has in terms of spotting innovation and mm -hmm. uh, you know the innovators right like mm -hmm. they, they 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 then get like sort of cookie cut into investment and what the outputs should be so okay. so uh you know i think that um smaller operators uh you know sort of the one-on-one -on -one investors they tend to be a lot more flexible and mm -hmm. understanding and and visionary but right now everyone's looking for the big scale the big mm -hmm. globalizer like yeah. the, the big opportunity and there's you know high risk with vc money so i think that that it changes you know the flexibility that they okay. have 
Um, so yeah, like I said, it depends where the money is coming from. Um, and you know, and that's often why they say, you know, get sort of friends, friends, family and fools to invest first mm -hmm. because they, they will be more accommodating of the visionary in you and mm -hmm. the things that you're trying to build and trying to create mm -hmm. than those who have to then report back to investors and shareholders. And so okay. it depends, it depends very much where the money is coming from. Because from my end of it, who's analyzing the creative needs of new businesses that should be innovative uh, to use a word that is thrown across the street every now and then uh, disruptive whatever you want to make yeah, call it yeah i think that people are kind of holding themselves back because they're already trying to think about that path yeah, yeah. i should do this right now because yeah. eventually i will have a board and i have to show them if and i'm thinking but this is the time where you should expand and go crazy yeah and again yeah. going crazy with rules and exactly sets, but Try it out. So yeah. I, I, in a way, from my perspective, and even big clients, we always have this, perhaps I'll have a sit down. I've, I, I've tried to mention something that I find bizarre that is saying no. But most of the times what happens, for instance, you saw the, the streaming on this or yes. the, the sock motion video. Yes. Oh, this is so cool. I want to hire this guy to do something for me because I saw these two objects. And you sit me down and say, I love this. I want this for me. I say, okay. So let's rehearse this yeah. this kind of output to you. And you start to go afraid immediately. Oh, no, because this... You, you must just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this because this is... Oh, no, no, because this, this is very risky. And this is putting us off. This is touching a, a new client base that I haven't thought of yet. So people instantly go and retract themselves. And yeah. most of the time because of that narrative, because perhaps I'm throwing money at this and this will not produce an immediate outcome, conversions, whatever yeah, they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that exploratory territory that creativity has in its yeah. own native way, either via design or marketing or just business, I think it's being a little bit strangled. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, perhaps a young kid now at a college with a stupid idea is not willing to do it because he thinks, oh, perhaps I should do this in tech or something like Facebook or something like that. And, and he tries to pivot it to those business that he finds successful. And, yeah, and and the stories of those companies were this. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so getting, you need a market. It's getting sold the wrong story too, right? Like the, the kids looking at the. If you look at the most successful, there's they only post the success track record of that person. Like you're saying, not only in business but in life, went to this university, did this. But the, oh, there's yeah. like, okay, so that's the path I have to follow to be this. But actually, the model is doing. Yeah. I just did this and then that broke and then I tried this and then I pivoted on this. And so, you know, again, about you know, getting money for creativity, for creative projects, uh, anything, it, it, there's a risk component and how, what the appetite of risk in the part uh, of the partner you have is like, so I'm saying like, what's your appetite for risk? Because then I can be as creative as you want mm -hmm. me to be if you have low appetite for risk then we'll just do a normal facebook marketing campaign and we'll measure it this way yeah. and we'll put a thousand euros yeah, in yeah. and we'll get this out yeah. right like so so it it really is depending on like you know what the appetite for risk is and that will define a lot of who you do business but with. do so. you think that the whole ecosystem is brewing these kinds of ideas or by always punching everything to those extreme success stories it's narrowing it down because i, I tend to go to the latter yeah i think I, I believe and being on the, the startup uh, mm -hmm. uh, ecosystem, I kind of felt that that yeah. every conversation and even the craziest ones with the craziest ideas were always trying to tone them down to adapt to go through that path. Exactly. Yes. And so I feel like we're not exciting and we're not um, enticing new and fresh ideas, business and design and whatever. And, not, and we have that chat and we're, yeah. in which we're always discussing the role of AI. Yeah, yeah. And I think that AI is playing a role of lowering down creativity because it's a very important tool, obviously. But if you think that it will produce the output and you don't have to go your crazy way, then everyone is lowering their standards and all the ideas are leveling up by each yes. other. And, yeah. and so the market is going to be a little bit blender. Yes. And so I think that's that, that's and, and congrats for these promoting these kinds of conversations in yeah. which people can 
Yeah, I think it's important to do, right? Like These kinds of talks without just, how many units have you sold last year? Oh, what yeah. is the pitch? Nah, 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 nah. I think, yeah, I think that those, those essentially like vanity metrics, um, you know, aren't, aren't going to promote higher thinking around concepts, right? Which we should try okay. and really you know, sort of uh, incubate for people. It's like, is that I, I want people to go out and try things and fail things and not just because it's a startup you think to say, it's just because of the, the learning that's attached to that and decisions that you, you make should prioritize the learning. Okay. And so if you can do that and you can expose yourself to mentors who will prioritize your learning rather than your okay. outputs, you're like, those things are going to generate a lot more. And so the AI is, is another concept like, uh, you know, I have a view that um, it's a really good opportunity for creatives to be more creative mm -hmm. because AI can run your business for you now, mm -hmm. right? Like it can do the mundane for you better. Mm -hmm. And so it creates that platform for you to go and be more creative. So say like, okay, this is the product that I want to develop. These are the concepts I want to develop, but I don't want to get caught in the admin of my business in terms of the structure, in terms of the what next and the mm -hmm. planning. Mm -hmm. And so AI will now spit that playbook out for you fairly mm -hmm. well and help you structure that and you can go and be more creative it's just about how you're gonna use it at the end of the day yes. and so so yeah i agree it's like the risk is that we lean too much on it and we just dumb ourselves down yeah. or you'll have the innovators in that space who say i'm going to develop something way more because i don't have to spend any time on this other components of my life yeah and that was the promise all along about technology computers yeah. were here to to help you yeah solve problems and in a way they have solved a lot yeah you, but at the same time you became kind of um hostage of it because you yes. leveled down and everyone was trying to get the same thing and this is going a little bit more transcendental okay, now but it's, it's cool. going <laughs> this is more creative space but uh i think that there's a lot of interesting stuff but the dominant key has become a little bit duller yes. from a creative standpoint now i agree with you yeah, yeah. um and we really should take advantage the, the rebels of the live of these new tools popping up not to do the same boring thing like oh i'll use ai to to draw another t-shirt uh, brand that can monetize on facebook and run the same business model but do something crazy and exactly burst into it and and, and i think that that's where the outliers live <laughs> I think that's so. where the and one percent really, is live, right? And like, I'm a super optimist, and yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah, expecting yeah, that. Yeah, right? and, but this is the warning to there is like, just leverage AI to be the outlier, not to be the yeah. everybody. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, I'm just eager to see what a kid comes up, comes up with, messing up with AI as we did back in the day, trying to hook up computers to something, and so yeah. let them do that, and hopefully they'll have the open mind and not just thinking about conversions and doing business plans and whatnot and just Excellent. openly going about it yeah <laughs> um that's it from me today i like yeah. i really enjoyed our conversation um <laughs> and if you have anything else you no, want no. just like super We're good done. thanks for making the time to come and chat to me today like likewise thank cool. you for inviting me cheers Zach. Bye. <laughs>